This is The Space Shot, episode 58 for July 11th, 2017. The Skylab is falling, and Telstar part 2. Hey everyone, welcome to The Space Shot, your daily space history, pop culture, and news fix. I'm John Mulnix. I apologize for the delay in yesterday's episode. There was an issue with uploading the podcast file, but now that that's resolved, just think of it as a double episode for today. Before I get back to Telstar, I want to cover another bit of history for today. On this day in 1979, the Skylab space station re-entered Earth's atmosphere over the Indian Ocean and parts of Australia. For more Skylab history, check out episodes 15, 16, and 17. Remarkably enough, Skylab entered Earth's atmosphere more intact than NASA had predicted. The initial estimate was that the station would start to come apart after the command to tumble the station was sent to the spacecraft. This tumbling motion was meant to break the station up, but somehow Skylab still managed to stay in one piece, which put its re-entry path further downrange than had previously been hoped. Parts of Skylab landed in Australia, with local people finding and keeping parts of the space station, An Australian youth even managed to win $10,000 for finding a piece of the station and taking it to newspaper offices of the San Francisco Examiner within 72 hours of the crash. In the show notes, I'll link to an article about the crash and also to a NASA history piece that details the re-entry path that Skylab took. In the show notes, I'll link to an article about the crash and also to a NASA history piece that details the re-entry path that Skylab took. Now, let's get back to Telstar. Yesterday, I opened by playing some audio of Walter Cronkite welcoming viewers to what was the first transatlantic broadcast. We in television are convinced that the ability to portray immediacy, to realize what's new, what's going on, is the true significance of this new communications bridge. These first 18 minutes will attempt to show you a few of the things that are going on right now on the North American continent. I'm Walter Cronkite. Cronkite wasn't the only person to speak during this initial broadcast. This program took the viewer all over North America to show Europeans, and ostensibly the rest of the world, what life in America and North America was like. The program had the dual effect of showcasing a new technological ability, the Telstar satellite, while also showing how much more advanced Western and American culture was compared to the Soviet Union. Between these two borders, between these two oceans, 180 million Americans have begun another week. We'll visit with some of them in a moment. The plain facts of electronic life are that Washington and the Kremlin are now no farther apart than the speed of light, at least technically. That what goes on in the United Nations building in New York can be seen in Belgrade and in Paris and in Bonn. Before jumping into a press conference with President Kennedy, The broadcast shifted to a live baseball game between the Phillies and Cubs. After joining the Cubs-Phillies game live, the Telstar broadcast then takes the viewer to a rehearsal of Macbeth in Canada. Ladies and gentlemen, we have just been informed that this baseball game is being seen in Europe right now over the Telstar satellite. Let's give all the baseball fans in Europe A big hello from Chicago. No score in the ballgame. 
this point, the Phillies, no runs, one hit, no errors. The Cubs, no runs, two hits, no errors. Well, we realize that all of this doesn't make much sense to you folks in Europe, but if we hadn't shown you a bit of our national game on this first transatlantic show, we'd never have heard the end of it. As a matter of fact, right now, our colleagues who are doing the translating are going crazy trying to say runs, hits, and errors in Swedish and Italian. In any case, here it is, a brief glimpse of American baseball played in the biggest arena in the world, all the way from Wrigley Field in Chicago to the Coliseum in Rome. And there's Johnny Callison with a good hard smash to right field, Altman up with the ball, and it's a base hit. The Phillies have a man on base. Well, this midsummer night, Hellstar cannot quite match puck speed, but it can pay its own electronic tribute to Shakespeare, who is as much a part of the American summer as fly fishing or water skiing. You are watching a rehearsal of Macbeth, starring Christopher Plummer and Kate Reed, produced by Michael Langley. By your leave, there will be no translation for these spoken words. Hi. Ah! Who lies the second This is a sorry sight. It's a foolish thought to say a sorry sight. One did not and sweet. One cried, murder. But they did wake each other. They stood and heard them. But they said their prayers and addressed themselves again to sleep. The two that lodged together. As they had seen me would be hand and hand, listening their fear. I could not say amen when they did say God bless them. A little pop culture tidbit, Canadian actor Christopher Plummer, whom you just heard in the previous clip, had a famous role in Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country, as General Chang. He played a Shakespeare-quoting Klingon that was conspiring to keep the war between the Klingon Empire and the Federation going for his own benefit. Where's that damn torpedo? She's ready, Jim! Lock it alone! Fire! To be or not to be. Target that explosion and fire. Fire! The program begins to wrap up by traveling to South Dakota, where viewers are treated to sites of expansive vistas before seeing Mount Rushmore and the Americans that were on vacation there. This is Custer Park in the Black Hills of South Dakota, where the deer, the antelope, and the buffalo still roam and are herded by real live cowboys. Nearby lie buried the legends of the West, Wild Bill Hickok, Sitting Bull, General George Custer. Here each summer, more than a million Americans come to play, spend their vacations, camp, and pay tribute to the granite faces on Mount Rushmore, where four of our presidents are enshrined in massive carvings, each 60 feet in height. The second part of the Telstar broadcast treated American viewers to a glimpse of what life was like in Europe. Tomorrow, inflatable space stations and Telstar Part 3. Thank you all for listening to the show. Producing a daily podcast takes a lot of time, and I would love if you could take just a moment to leave a rating or review in Apple Podcasts and let me know what you think. If you're so inclined, you can ask me questions and chat on Instagram and Twitter. Find me at John Molnix pretty much everywhere. Subscribe to the podcast and share it with anyone you know that loves history, space, or pop culture. I'm John Molnix, and I'll catch you on the flip side. Well, that's the end of the first phase of the exchange of programs between the television networks of the United States and Canada and the European Broadcasting Union. 
In approximately uh, two hours and 45 minutes from now it is, uh, the Europe to America program will be beamed to us via Telstar.